Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zhang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in The Word with us today. Our Gospel reading this week comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 28th chapter. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the Gospel of the Lord. This week for worship, we gathered outside. We gathered at the Parenton Rec Center, which has this lovely, large amphitheater out behind it. So once a year, the congregation gathers for outdoor worship, and then we share a picnic afterwards. If you're in the Rochester area, the weather this year was just about perfect for this event. That's not always the case. I can remember years we've been bundled up wearing layers upon layers, years we've gotten rained on, but this year was picture perfect. Blue sky, bright sun, a very gentle breeze. The weather was hovering probably in the 70s. It was comfortable and quite lovely. A great day to celebrate Holy Trinity Sunday, which is the day we celebrate that God is one in three and three in one. God, the Father, our creator of this good creation that's all around us. God, the Son, Jesus, our Savior, and God, the Holy Spirit. When we worship outside, I think it helps us hear and experience all of the persons of God a little bit more vividly. So worshiping God the Creator while we are outside under that blue sky, feeling the warmth of the sun, feeling the grass tickle our toes, and seeing the birds fly around reminds us of our God who created it all including us. And then as we are out in that world, we remember that God loved this created world so much that God sent God's only son to take on flesh and live among us and walk this earth with us, to show us the way of love and justice and peace, and to give us life that never ends through his own life and death and resurrection. And worshiping in that creation, feeling that gentle breeze around the elements of communion and baptism, remind us of the gift of the Spirit that comes to us in those waters of baptism. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of joy in God's presence both now and forever. We celebrated the gift of the Spirit in particular last week with the celebration of Pentecost. The Spirit that came upon the first disciples in a rush of violent wind and tongues of fire. And Pastor Amy reminded us 
that the spirit that came upon those first disciples is still at work today, calling us together to be the church. So this week, as we celebrate God in all three persons, we give thanks that we are called together to worship this God, to follow this God's way of love. And we do that with the power of the Spirit. Now, every church I have ever been a part of has had conversations about a mission statement, a clear vision of who we are called to be as God's people in this particular time and place. And the gospel reading that I read today provides kind of the basic blueprint for a mission statement for the church in all times and places. Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. If this is the blueprint for our mission as a church, then today I want us to think about each of these parts. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. In other words, the first followers of Jesus are commissioned to go make more followers of Jesus. And so on and so on for 2,000 years until here we are as the church with that same commission to go and make disciples. And how do we do that? Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We become one in Christ because we share this baptism in the name of the same God in three persons that we celebrate on Holy Trinity Sunday. And after we have baptized, then we teach them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. I think the order that Jesus tells us these things is really important here. First, we baptize, then we teach. There's no requirement for knowledge or understanding in order to become part of the body of Christ. It is all God's work, God's power flowing through the waters of baptism. Then we go about the work of teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. Now, we could ask some teachers in our lives about the most effective teaching strategies, but I am guessing that not one of them would say, tell your students once what you expect, and then they'll do it. Teaching is a process. One school of thought about how we learn best centers around communities of practice. We start on the periphery, on the edges, mostly watching, observing what others are modeling for us. Then bit by bit, we learn to do some of it ourselves until eventually we are the ones that others learn from. Then we become the teachers. That's what I imagine Jesus had in mind when giving this commandment, a vision for a church full of disciples, helping each other learn how to follow Jesus, getting more and more practice at doing so, modeling it for others, always with Jesus as the, at the center, as our ultimate teacher. Because following Jesus is not something that we just decide once and for all. It's a whole way of life. We are always learning. 
We are always learning how to love as Jesus loved, how to forgive as Jesus forgave, how to care for our neighbors, how to work for justice and peace. Doing as Jesus commanded in all of these ways is not something we can do by ourselves. We need one another to be disciples, and we need one another to make disciples. Together by the grace of God and filled with the Holy Spirit, we are the church called to live and to learn all that Jesus commanded. Of course, there's one other important factor for learning And that is the context, the environment in which we learn. There's a lot of talk about how important the learning environment is for kids during their formal schooling years. But it's true for us at all ages of learning. Context matters. We learn a lot through interacting with our physical environment. Whether or not it meets our needs, how it supports or interferes with our ability to think and to connect with others, And the environment in which we learn and grow as disciples is no less important to consider. How different is it when we hear or read or study the first chapter of Genesis about how God created the world when we do so outside, in God's good creation, with the plants and the critters under the big blue sky? What do we hear differently or notice more acutely when we learn in that context. As I think about all that Jesus teaches throughout Scripture, so much of it needs context. Think about his teaching to welcome the stranger. We can't fully plumb the depths of that teaching or even hope to follow it when we just stay in the same comfortable four walls with people we've known for half our lives. Truly learning how to welcome the stranger requires us to be out in the world, encountering real live strangers, and sometimes feeling a little bit strange ourselves. We need to be in places that help us to learn to live what Jesus taught. We know the church is not a building. Today, on Holy Trinity Sunday, as we celebrate the God we worship in three persons and the ways, in so many ways, that God has called us together and connects with us as God's people, we celebrate that the church is not a building but the gathered people of God, bound together by Jesus who saves us, who are created by God and grow roots in God's love, and through whom the Spirit works and moves to bear the fruit of love and forgiveness and justice and peace and more. As the church, when we stay in the same place, we can get a little stuck. Think about plants. Perhaps you have picked some up in these nice summer days from a local nursery. And think about those six packs of plants. I had marigolds at my fingertips when I was thinking about this. 
when you pull one of the plants out of that six pack, almost invariably, you find the roots are all bound up with nowhere else to go. Those plants and those six packs, they got their start there. And they look beautiful, so beautiful we're enticed to buy them at the plant nursery and think about what we might do with them and where we might put them around our homes or communities. I bought those marigolds and thought, what if they're a metaphor for the church? What if we sometimes need to get repotted into a new place? Maybe with a little bit more dirt so we can spread and grow in those roots. Maybe our pots need to get put in a different spot, a sunnier window perhaps, or we might need a little bit more moisture. Maybe we don't need to be in a pot at all but planted in the garden. I want us to think about how and where the church shows up. What we need to grow and thrive as the church so that we might bear the fruit that God not only calls us to bear, but creates us to bear. So that the world might experience the love and the compassion and the care and the forgiveness and the peace that flows through God's people. Maybe you will think about getting a plant of your own this summer. Imagine it is the church. Nurture it. See what kind of spot it grows and thrives in. And think about what that means for the real church, for the church of God's people. Where do we need to be showing up to really live and learn all that Jesus has commanded? What do we need to grow and thrive to be who God created us to be? The church that does go and make disciples of Jesus, followers who are about that same work of love and healing and forgiveness and grace. The good news comes in Jesus' final sentence from this passage and from the whole Gospel of Matthew. And remember, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. As we go about this work of being the church, Jesus is with us. Thanks be to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And thanks be to God for God's people called to be the church wherever we are planted. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been fed by the word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at the word at blcfairport.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org. <laughs>